Welcome to the City View Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. I'm that maybe I'm in a new group of people, a new crowd. I'm sitting next to somebody on the airplane. Their first question isn't like, so what's your calling in life? What, what's the big thing going on in your heart? What's happening? But it's, so what do you do? And then usually right after the what do you do question, usually it leads into, so are you married? If you look old enough to be married. So how many kids do you have? And isn't that like the questions? Or if you're dating somebody, you're like, so when are you going to get married? You're like, man, we've only been dating for like a week. Hold up. Hold up. And you, maybe you're newly married, and, and, and you're like, what, their, their question is, so when are you going to have kids? You're like, hold up. I don't want to have kids yet. Or maybe the answer is, we don't know if we can have kids ever. And so these are sort of those questions that get asked, and it sort of seems like that's what makes you who you are and how people define your identity and what you believe and all those things about you according to, so what do you do? And then they think they know you. Our identity is wrapped up in just those few things, but it can so much eat us and destroy us, thinking that that's all our life is. But who are you really? And how do you see yourself? What is your identity? Is your identity in what you do? Is your identity in, in what you like? Is your identity in your past? Or is your identity so much more than that? You see, we live in a time where our identity is confused with so many different things. You have to become someone you have to do something. You have to have something, be something, to be anyone. So much is wrapped up in this pressure of achievement. But what if I told you that you can have an identity that is not subject to change according to what you do, what you have, and what people think about you? What if I told you that you could have an identity that doesn't change, that doesn't rise and fall, that isn't based on your performance or anything that's outward about you? What if I told you that you can have an identity that is steady, that is consistent? Today, I want to talk to you about resetting your identity in what's real and what's true. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, Lord, for your word, God, I thank you for what you are doing, what you plan on doing this morning. And God, I thank you that you love us, that you care for us, and Lord, that you have a big plan in this room. And I believe that, Lord, today. And God, I ask that you would have the freedom to move in and through lives that so desperately need a word from you. They need to know that you love them still. Maybe they need to know that you love them, period. And God, I pray as people are at churches all over the valley today, God, I ask that you would speak to your people. Lord, speak to them at Heritage. Speak to them at Gateway, through Preston. Lord, speak to them at Valley Life. Speak to them here, at, speak to us here at City View, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So we're continuing our study that is titled A Beautiful Reset. And, and as we've all been going through these really interesting past few months and some of us were still trying to figure them out some of us were still trying to make sure that we don't hurt somebody really bad because we're we hate the times we're living in right now um somebody 
Laramie asked me yesterday, she goes, honey, so this coming January, we will have been married for 20 years. Um, that's, I know, right? Um, and she goes, so what's been your favorite year so far? I'm like, not 2020, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> not 20. But I don't know. I was like, she was like, what's your favorite year? And it's so hard to think. But we're doing this series called The Beautiful Reset. Just about resetting. We're looking at the book of Romans, Romans chapter 12. And how throughout that book and throughout that chapter, there's so much that God wants to reset. Last week we looked at resetting our mind. This week we're looking at resetting our identity. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says this. It says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for, for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. You see, changing our identity, it starts with the transformation that changes us. It starts with the change that happens inside into the new you, the new person that God has. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says this. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old is gone, and the new life has begun. You are a new creation. But here's what I want you to know. Timothy Keller says this. Christianity is the only identity in the universe that is received, not achieved. You can keep that quote up there because I'm going to say it again. You see, here, here's what's happening is in our world, in, in the, the lives that we live, we, we are trying to figure out our identity in so many things that we're trying to achieve. Isn't that what our world does? Our identity is wrapped up in who we are, what we do, what we can achieve, what ladder, what ladder of the rungs of life that we can climb to the highest. And that's sort of how we wrap up our identity. Tim Keller says this, though, Christianity, the belief in Jesus Christ, is the only identity in the universe that is received, given to you, not achieved. But society tells us how to define our identity. But what if I told you that your identity isn't something you achieve, but it's actually something that is given to you? And here's, here's what I know about identity. And here's what I know as, as I get to talk with lots of people. Here's how I know people identify how they identify themselves, because conversations like this pop up. Well, honey, I can't leave work right now because I need to get this project done, because I have to get this done so that I can climb to the next level at my work, and I need to get there because when I'm finally at this level at work, then people will know who I am, they will know my name, and I will finally be able to provide the kind of life my family needs. So I need to keep climbing and climbing and climbing. And our identity is not in trying to provide, but it's trying to be somebody at work. And then you have the identities like this. Well, the reason why I'm, I'm so closed off to the world, the reason why I can never feel loved because I was abused when I was young. And because of what was done to me, that, that's why I close off. That, that's why I, I, I can't really truly be loved. That's why I have a hard time interacting with people. That, that's, that's why I'm quiet. And then you have identities like this. I, I fail at everything. I never seem to succeed. I'm a failure to my parents. I'm a failure to my spouse. I'm a failure to my kids. I'm a failure to my boss. That's just what I am. I'm a failure because I can never do anything right. If your identity is in anything other than Jesus, you will always be striving and achieving, and you will never know if you have made it or done enough. 
you see the tension that, that happens when our identity is wrapped up in, into things. You see, we have a life that we live. I'll tell you a little bit about my life right here. So here's the beginning of my life. 1978. That's the beginning of my life. And let's say I live a really good life, okay? Say I lived to 2078. 100 years. But that's it. Because the world's going to keep going. And the world has been going for a long time. My life is, is just this little blip on the screen. And many of us, th this is our life. And your life, it's maybe a little shorter. Maybe some of you might live a little longer than me. I don't even know how long. I didn't want to pick something shorter just in case I'm predicting my death. And so I figured 100 would be good. Not that I'm superstitious, but I'll be honest. That's why I did it. Because um, I'm like, I'll, I'll live to be 100. But that's your life. And what do you do with this? You see, if your life is always in achieving and achieving and doing and all of that, man, then, then this life is going to be so full of miserable times. I want to share with you five lies that are robbing you of your identity. Five lies that are robbing you of your identity, robbing me of mine. A Christian professor by the name of Henry Nouwen says this. He gave five lies. He said, these are the five lies of identity. One, I am what I do. I am what others say or think of me. I am what I have. I am nothing more than my worst moment. And man, that one, that one can keep you trapped for a long, long time time and I am nothing less the last one I am nothing less than my best moment you see we find our identity in our jobs we find our identity in our past we find our identity in our sexuality we find our identity in our possessions and the things we have we find our identity in what people say about us isn't that where we find our identity so who are you not, not the Instagram you, not the TikTok you, not the resume you, not the fill in the blank when people are trying to find out who you are and they're like, okay, what color of skin are you? Well, you're like, well, I mean, I guess I'm Caucasian. Fill that out. What's your sex? So I'm a male, so fill that out. How old are you? And now I'm in like the next tier up, the 40 to like 50 brackets or all that. I'm like, what? When did I move from like the first three to now I'm like dying? It's like 40 to, well, just give up. Um, <clears throat> no, I'm kidding. But you see, it, but w when you get to like older ages and you start like, I, I mean, I, I, to be honest, I really don't care. I'm like 40. I'm, I'm 40 and thriving and I like it. I like being 40. I'm 41 actually. But for some of us, like when you hit certain ages, it's like what in the world just happened? You start filling in those bubbles and like, th is this all I am to somebody? It's just a bunch of bubbles that filled out. But, so who are you? Who are you? The, the first lie that Nowen says is, he says that people believe, I am what I do. 
I am, I am when I do good things. I, when I do good things and when you have success in life, when you have a good job and you are seen as important. It's your work performance. It's your grades at school. It's the, the scholarship that you get. It's the promotion at work. And then you fail. And then what do you do? And then you lose that job. And then what do you do? And then you're no longer able to do that work. And then what do you do? And then you, you turn to an age and you realize your hands can't do the things that you used to do. Your mind is no longer as clear as it used to be. And then all you can do is show the trophies of your past, of who you used to be. And you can no longer be the person that you were. Because your identity is wrapped in, I am what I do. Josh Medcalf says this, who would you be if everything you do was taken away from you? Who would you be if everything was taken away from you? Who would you be? That's sort of a scary thought. If our identity is wrapped in, I am what I do. The next lie I want to look at is, I am what others say about me. Man, if I, and I, I'll tell you, I struggle with this one sometimes. Because, man, there are times in my life, I remember when I first took over as a youth pastor, as the, the high school youth pastor, when I was, this is, I don't, man, a long time ago, 2007, so however long ago that was. Seems like a long time ago, some of you are probably like, it's not that long ago, but. And I remember how mean some of the students were. I remember one day I went home and I fell on my tile floor and I wept. Because I'm like, God, I stink at this. Because I believed what others said about me. Anybody else ever struggle with what people say about you? Here's the lie. You see, what people say about you is powerful. When people, nice, when people say nice things, it's nice, right? You love that. You love when somebody says, man, you're amazing. You're so good. You're so beautiful. Man, you, have you been working out? None of those things have said to me lately. They're like, hey, the quarantine 15? I'm like, no, the quarantine 20, 25? I don't know. Still working on it. So, you know, just give me a few. Pizza's good. Um, but when somebody speaks behind your back or when people speak bad things about you, it cuts deep, doesn't it? You tend to allow the negative things to ruin any positive things that were said. On your social media, you post that picture that you think everybody is going to finally get the likes that you want and you don't get anything. Comments, you have that one troll that just loves to just say hateful things. You're, like, You're such a little troll and you want to just delete, delete. You want to un- report them just because they're a troll. That's a lie. Fact check. False information. That's what you should do. You know, there's a lot of all that going on right now on social media. Why don't you just do that to the people that are trolling you in life? False information. False facts. But you see, we allow those things, what people say about you, to control and to consume us. Our social media, the the departments at your work, at your school. Bob Goff says this, take away what you're known for. And whatever's left is who you are. You see, when, when our identity is wrapped in what people say about me, this is what happens in the end. The third lie that is said is, I am what I have. I have good parents. I have good health. I have all the right stuff. I have good friends. I have money. I have a good job. I have a good spouse. 
I have my Instagram followers. I have my, my athletic ability. But what happens when you turn 40? And all of a sudden, you try to run, and you realize you're not as quick as you used to be. What happens when all of a sudden, like, you, are no, you lose that, that job, and all of a sudden, everything that came with it, the nice things, the money, all that is gone. What happens when all of a sudden you get sick, and you realize you're not as healthy as you thought you used to be? What if all those things that you have start one by one going away? Who are you then? I was talking to my son the other day, and we're, my kids were talking about how fast I'm not. Um, and Judah, my oldest, says, Dad, I can beat you now. That made me so not happy. Made me want to go and jog just so that I could maybe run one day again. But man, if my identity was wrapped in what I have, a lot of it's been taken from me. Because I don't have a lot. The next one, this, this one right here, this one's tough. Number four. I am nothing more than my worst moment. You see, we can live in our failures, live in our hurts, live in our shame, and never rise over our past. Mike Foster, an author, a counselor, a therapist, wrote in a book called um, People of the Second Chance. I think now it's called Glorious Rising or something like that. It's a really good book. I encourage you to read it if you're a reader. Even if you're not, you should read it. Mike Foster, People of the Second Chance, Glorious Rising. He writes a story about how when he was in college, he was out with a bunch of his college friends, and they were on this boat. And as they were on this boat, he, the, the guy, the owner of the boat, said, hey, Mike, why don't you try to drive it? And so Mike's driving the boat. He didn't see a skier, skier who had fallen off the skis in front of him, ran over the skier, almost killed the guy, almost cut the guy's head off. So for so much of his life, he lived in his worst moment. See, we can live in our worst moments, the one-night stand, the someone that catches you in your worst moment. Maybe it was an abortion you had years ago, and that's the only thing that you, somehow it, it comes up and it creeps in your mind. It's, it's that thing that you did that nobody else really knows, but it holds you and it keeps you so tight, and you live in the worst moment, and that's who you are. That's the lie that grabs you, that that's you, that's your identity. Maybe you were in high school and you did something that you so regret and you wish you hadn't, but it just, it happened. And so, and it, maybe it was done to you and that's your worst moment and that's your life and you're stuck there and you can't go past it. You'll have really good days, but somehow it's reminded and you're like, but that's really all I am. I am my worst moment. And then there's others of us who maybe are the lie we believe is we are our best moment. All I am, I am nothing more than my best moment. And when I think about this, I think of there's this movie called Napoleon Dynamite. This guy named Uncle Rico who is always living in the past. He's always living. Man, if coach would have just put me in um, back in high school. And I just think, and he's like a 40, 50-year-old man. And all he thinks about is if I could have just gone back in high school. And if I would have, if he would have just let me throw that football, we would have won state. Who cares? 
But you see, some of us, we live in our best moments, and so our life can never go above that next moment because it can never rise than that best moment. And so we're just living life according to the next best moment. And Matt, that, that just gets miserable, and that gets heavy, and that gets so hard when we try to live life and try to top the best moment. That means if one year you get a 5% raise, but the next year you only get a 2% raise, you're like, I failed this year as, a, as, a, as an employee. Or maybe you look at your work and you're, you're trying so hard to, to, to be some, to have a, a successful business. And you look back at your books of, of the year you just had and you're like, why didn't we make as much as we did the year before? And you don't even, you don't even factor in maybe some of the social things, some of the things that happen in life. Maybe coronavirus really affected you or maybe some of the economy really, who knows what could affect you. You don't even count, put those things in. You just look going, I failed. I failed. You just keep striving and keep trying to achieve a better moment. And you live in that trying to be somebody else. And some of us, we, we identify with this. We identify with maybe one or two of these. Some of us, maybe we live in all five. And those lies are always haunting us and taunting us. And they're consuming our mind and our thoughts. And that's all we think about are those things. And we live with this pressure and these feelings. We can't shake it. We believe these lies like they're Bible truths. And so we, we look at life and we have this life here that we love and we, and we so desire to live a good life. But then what happens is when we are believing these, these lies, you know, I, I am what I do and you're doing great things. You're like, oh man, I'm doing good. And all of a sudden you get fired and then you're down here. I, I am what somebody says about me, and people are like, oh, you're doing so good. And all of a sudden, you fail on a project, and your boss is like, okay, you stink. You need to be fired. Your girlfriend breaks up with you. Your boyfriend breaks up Who knows what, whatever. You and your, you're, you're, you, I, I, am, I am what I have, and you have a, a great marriage, a great life. You're like, man, we're doing so great, and all of a sudden, your marriage falls apart. You see, if you're living in this life and those are the truths you believe about your identity, then this is your identity your entire life. You have high ups and super low downs, and so many times we live down here. Is this not true? Is this not what the world is taught about our identity? Whether you're a believer or not, this is the trap that we can live in when we believe these lies about who we are and what the world says you need to be. And we live in these highs and lows, and we can so many times, we live down here here the bible says that god has given us a new identity that we're new creations here's what you need to know if you want to change your identity it starts with changing your mind resetting your mind hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 it says it says that why can't I remember? Oh, it's right here. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because when you live here, your life is crazy. And so when it comes to transforming your mind, you start with start realizing who you are to God. And the more you believe about what God says about you, he starts to change your life to where he starts to level you out to where you live here, a constant belief of who you are and what God says about you. 
You see, the first lie that we, that so many of us believe, I am what I do. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 says this, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. You see, you, you, there's this lie, I am what I do, but the truth is, I am what he has done for me. I am what he has done for me. You see, when that lie creeps in, when, when the devil is trying to bring you down to here, believe that truth. Reset your mind. For by grace I have been saved. It's not what I do. It's what he already did. you got to believe that truth. Reset your mind. The second lie says this. I am what others say about me. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. I was talking to my wife this week, and I was reading... Uh, to my wife Laramie I was like so here are the different lies how does God encourage you in this she goes whenever I believe those lies about what people say or think about me she goes this is the verse that God has given to my heart comes out of 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 4 for I am conscious of nothing against myself yet not by this not by but not by this acquitted but the one who examines me is the Lord she says, what I realize and what I know is it's, the, it's God who I'm looking for. It's God's approval that I need. It's God's love that I need. You see, when the world says, you are what people say about you, but then you, you go, no, 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 i got to believe what God says. All of a sudden, you're leveling out. You're not hitting those, these lows. You're staying here. You're believing something constant, something true, something that's real, not the lies. I am who he says I am is the truth. It's not I am what others say. The truth is I am who he says. I am who God says about me. Number three, the third lie, I am what I have. Paul writes this. Paul was, is a person in the Bible who had everything. He had the jobs, the career, and people wanted to be him. He says, more than this, I count all things to be lost in the view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them to be rubbish so that I may gain Christ. The lie is I am what I have. Well, if we are what we have. I don't know about you, but I've had what I have taken. The truth is, the truth that we need to believe is I have everything I need in him. I have everything that I need in him. You see, as we are believing these lies, and I don't know if any of you live in these places. Your mind can go here when you start believing these lies about yourself. You start making those mistakes. You live in your worst moments. You believe in I am what I do and what you do is not who you really want to be. And you're living in these places. Maybe you went to college. You just graduated. And then corona hit. And you're like, why can't I get a job? And you feel like, and your parents are like, why don't you have a job yet? What are you doing with your life? You have those people like, I thought you got a degree. Why aren't you doing what your degree said you should do? My friend Jared has a master's in counseling. People could probably like, Jared, why'd you waste all that money to become a master's in counseling? I, the pressure of if that's who he is and what he does and that's who you do, man, that, you, you could live down here because he has never practiced that in the way of what the world sees. But when it comes in the way of Jesus... He's encouraging people all the time because he believes what God says about him. You see, you, you want to stay here in the truths of what God says about you. The last two lies, I am nothing more than my worst moment. That's pride. I am nothing less than my best moment. That's pride too. 
Romans chapter 8 verse 1 says, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans 5, 6 says, For while we were still helpless, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You're like, Jeremiah, that's not the verse behind you. It's because I combined a couple of them together. At the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. That's what he did. Philippians chapter 3, verse 7. I once thought that these things were valuable, everything I had. Paul again talking about everything he had, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done in my heart. The truth is, you're saved by grace. You're saved by grace. Yes, God knows your worst moments. He knows those, and he still loves you. Yes, God knows your best moments. He knows those super great moments, but God isn't looking going, okay, why can't you be up there again? Man, I really wish that you were achieving better. I really wish you were just doing better in life. Man, why, why can't you? God doesn't think of you any different here or here. God loves you the same. His love can't change. God love doesn't go, God's love for you doesn't go up and down according to your achievements or the things you do. God loves you because he died for you. This is who you are, 2 Corinthians 5.17 this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. 1 John 3, 1 says this. See how great a love the Father has given, bestowed on you, that he would call you a child of God. Jeremiah 3, verse, or Jeremiah 31, verse 3 says this. The Lord appeared to him from afar and says, I have loved you. With an everlasting love, therefore I have drawn you with a loving kindness. Isaiah chapter 43 verse 4 says, Since you are precious in my sight, since you are honored, I love you. Here's who you are. You are loved by God. You are precious. You are valuable. It says in James chapter 1 verse 17, You are his choice creation. You don't have to live here because I've lived here. And there are some days that I still do. But man, living here in the constant love, the constant truth of how God sees me, how God sees you. Because I know there's some of us in here, we struggle with the I am what I do. We struggle with I am what I have. And you always are looking and going, I'll bet my wife thinks we had more. You're struggling with I, I, I am my worst moment. And it is a haunting memory. You struggle with I am my best moment. That's all I am. I am my best moment. And you're always trying to achieve that next best moment. And you feel like you could never get there. But you are a new creation in Christ. That's what it says in 2 Corinthians 5.17. When you put your faith in Jesus, this means that, that anyone who belongs to Christ has become new. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It's dead. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So the life that I live, this earthly body trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. That the line, there was a line in that song that we sang, it talks about Jesus' resurrection, the same power that rose Jesus from the dead. I love the line, it says that it's in my veins too. Man, I love that line. I hadn't thought of it, and I, I've said, I can't, that song's on like my, my favorite list right now. I think I told you that already. 
I love that song. I had, there's so many lines in that song. I'm like, that, that just comes straight from, from Corinthians. No, Philippians. About the resurrection in us. This is our new identity. But maybe for you, your mind always reminds you of the divorce, the abuse, the abortion, the one night stand, last night, your grades, the fight you had on your way to church this morning. And that's where you live. And that's your identity. And you so want to break from that identity. But you see, in Jesus, your identity doesn't change. For those of you who have put your faith in Jesus, you believers, maybe you struggle with those things. Maybe you struggle with believing those lies. You need to reset your mind. Last week we gave you seven things about resetting your mind. And, and some of those are with, with believing the truths about God and being in God's word and being around godly people. If you want those seven things, we will post all seven of them this week all together on our Instagram and our Facebook. We'll just put all seven together, the seven things that reset our mind. But maybe there's some of you in here today that haven't taken that step towards Jesus. And your identity is still rising and falling according to achievement. See, what Tim Keller said is true. Christianity is the only identity that is received, not achieved. And if you are living in these highs and lows of who you are, I am what I do, I am what someone says about me, I am what I have, I'm only as good as my worst moment, and I'm only as good as my best moment. If you're living in those highs and lows, and you want to step out of that crazy cycle, because that's all it is, it's a cycle, and it is miserable, and it is insane, and that's where the devil wants you to live. If you want to step out of that, you can. You can step out of that, and God says, you know what? You're a new creation. The old you is gone. Let's start new. 2020 till dead. God says, let's start new and fresh. And let's live, let's live here in the truth of who you are in God's eyes. And if you want to step out of that, because I've been there. I see a counselor because I go there sometimes. Because that's miserable. And I get caught up in that, even though I believe in Jesus. Man, I, I get caught up in that, and I have to step out of that. And if that's where you're trapped, and you want to step out of that today, you want to put your faith in Jesus, I ask that you pray with me. Why don't you go ahead and bow your heads, close your eyes, say, Dear God, I don't want to believe the lies anymore. I want to believe that I'm one of your children. God, I ask that you'd forgive me. Set me free from my past. And help me to live in who you see that I am. That I'm your child. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on a cross for me. 
and I ask that you'd help me to live for you. Thank you for joining us today. For up-to-date series information, find us on social media at CityViewPHX or go to cityviewphx.com.